Welcome to the Untitled Art Podcast, recorded live at the 12th edition of Untitled Art in Miami Beach. My name is Clara Andrade Pereira. I am Untitled's Director of Development and Curatorial Affairs. I am delighted to be introducing this panel discussion framed within this year's programming partnership with Desert X. We are thrilled to have the opportunity and Untitled Art Podcast to meet the curators of Desert X 2025 celebrating Kathleen Garcia Maesta's appointment as curator in a conversation with Neville Wakefield, Desert X Artistic Director, moderated by the organization's founding board member, Zoe Lupo. With no further ado, I hand the mic over to Jenny Hill, Desert X Executive Director. Thank you all for joining us this afternoon, and I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Untitled, for um, inviting us to join you today. And thank you, Clara, and your amazing team for putting this together. Um, it's personally very moving to me always to come back to Miami Beach. This is where I lived for three years when I first arrived to the United States, and uh, I still hold many friends here. Um, so, Desert X. Where <laughs> Um, very much like Untitled, Desert X um, has been working to push the boundaries of commercial uh, art waves and institutional spaces. Uh, we are a contemporary art biennial that was founded in 2017. We're, um, uh, we're very young, and, uh, but have been uh, doing a lot in very a short time. We've done four exhibitions in the Coachella Valley in California and we'll open our fifth in 2025 that will be curated by Neville and Caitlin Garcia Mestas here. Um, but we've also done two exhibitions in the Middle East in Alula in Saudi Arabia and we'll soon be announcing a third exhibition to happen um, in Alula very shortly. Um, I'll just briefly introduce our speakers today. Uh, Neville is our artistic director And he's been mainly exploring um, curatorial work outside of the institutional spaces. He's the founder and creative director of Elevation 1049 in Stad in Switzerland, um, and is founder artistic director of Desert X in the Coachella Valley, but is also, uh, has also curated Freeze projects and has worked with PS1 on numerous projects, and is currently artistic director of Desert X Alula in Saudi Arabia, and Nor Riyadh uh, Festival um, in Riyadh as well. And Caitlin is a curator and director of exhibitions of Socrates uh, Sculpture Park in New York. And pre <laughs> Previously, Caitlin has uh, held positions at the Momentry, at the MCA, MCA San uh, Sorry, I'm seeing the San Diego foes here. <laughs> MCA Denver and uh, at the Biennial of the Americas and has been really working to bridge um, cultural uh, divides uh, within the Americas uh, and the United States through her curatorial work. Zoe will be moderating the talk today. Zoe's our, one of the founding board members of Desert X, but is also a uh, independent curator She just opened a show in Miami that she co-created with uh, Beth the Woody that's called Gimme Shelter at the Hampton House. Um, you should go check it out. I'll leave Zoe uh, to Thank the rest. You. Thank you. 
Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you to Untitled. Um, so just to get started, many of you know, some of you may not know, Desert X, as Jenny was saying, is a site-specific exhibition, a biennial exhibition that takes place in the Coachella Valley. It was really founded to engage with place, to engage with the land, to engage with the site. And I guess for the first question um, for our speakers, I think, you know, Neville has been um, the artistic director since the beginning um, and has consistently started working with different curators in each iteration. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about sort of what the what does it mean to do public facing art in the desert? How does the desert create sort of the conditions for that? And also, how do you choose to engage with the communities that have been making the desert what it is? Thanks, Zoe. Can anybody hear me? Here we go. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really interesting question because I think um, we were talking about process and it's, it's, it's an unusual exhibition because it's really a three-way collaboration. It's a collaboration between the curators and the, and the desert and the place. And we talk a bit about the place being a curator, and I think that's 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 really important and it's really true. And I think I think the idea, one of the things is that to me is really important about Desert X in terms of its the way that it's captured new audiences, is that the sort of threshold for entry is is, is lower. You know, you're you're uh, we're not for profit. It's it's free. It's open to to all. Um, yeah, and many of our audiences wouldn't necessarily go into an institution. So, so not only are we continuing the legacy of land art, but we're also um, expanding the, expanding audiences and expanding this idea of what can be done outside the institution. And I think, you know, th this this lowering of the threshold in, in a positive way, um, in that we're free, that, that we're accessible. That there's 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 no architectural boundaries. There's no social boundaries. Um, and there's no there's no ontological boundaries either because you have art in it relating to a place. And I think, you know, as curators, we're often privileged to go to artist studios to see the context that their work has grown out of. And it's then extracted and put into a white cube. In a way, for something like Desert X, the, the studio is the desert. And I think that's that's the thing that really allows people to use art as a, as a journey of discovery, a literal and metaphorical journey. I mean, I love that you say the journey of discovery because I think I, a lot of times we hear from people that it's like a kind of treasure hunt when you go to Desert X, um, but at the same time, you can also just stumble upon something without having sought it out. So I think that speaks to kind of the ways that you're changing engagement. Um, Caitlin, can you speak a little bit to what we spoke? I mean, Neville mentioned this is coming out of the legacy of land art, out of earth art. And obviously these are large movements art historically um, that we tend to think of like one, a certain kind of artist making these sort of large scale impressions or, or changes to a landscape. Can you speak more to how your work specifically is engaging with um, perhaps marginalized communities or specifically black indigenous POC artists to sort of engage with land art and earth art in a new way? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, my personal experience has very much been informed by living in the desert, being from the desert, um, and also the history of people moving to New Mexico who are not from the region and creating work in response. Um, you know, land art, of course, has deep roots within the Southwest and the Western United States. 
So for me, I think I grew up somewhat skeptical of the idea of land art simply because I didn't see people like me being represented within that movement um, and have also wondered, you know, what can you do within such a beautiful landscape that isn't already embedded within nature, right? And I think that's an ongoing conversation when you do work outside, which is, you know, you're constantly in conversation, but can sometimes also be in conflict with the landscape. And, you know, as a visitor of Desert X for the last four editions, I can say Desert X has really changed my perspective on what land art can do. And I think that's a real testament to the organization. And one of the reasons why I'm very excited to now be a curator. So I've started as a fan and a visitor, and now I get to be a curator, which really feels like a dream. Um, but also, I think it's so much about uh, the way Desert X comes together is informed by the time that artists spend in the region. And I've had the opportunity the last few months to spend time in the Coachella Valley with artists and can now understand why these projects are what they are. You know, often artists are not just submitting a virtual proposal that comes to life. I mean, artists are really engaging deeply and thoughtfully in these histories and not just within the topography and the natural setting, but also in the, you know, the region itself and the experience of driving outside Palm Springs and into Desert Hot Springs, which is a predominant Latinx neighborhood. And for me, the first time I went to Desert X, I remember driving specifically through Desert Hot Springs and seeing all of these subdivisions and developments that look very similar to the place I grew up in Albuquerque. And then to be able to see these incredible monumental installations by international artists in direct conversation with these neighborhoods felt really special and also like a bit familiar at the same time. So I think Desert X provides an opportunity because yes, it is in this very beautiful landscape, but it's also so close to these social histories. And I think the opportunity that artists have to mine from both of those places is really what makes it so special. Right. It's not just a landscape void of uh, actual stories, actual people and actual communities who have been living there. Um, speaking a bit to that point though, you mentioned you're from Albuquerque and I think a, a big part of the ethos of Desert X is kind of thinking through the desert and the connections across deserts um, and what that means or what that could mean. Maybe maybe there are very divergent things and maybe there are a lot of similarities. So I guess what you're saying too, and this idea of um, international or global speaking to local, I also am curious about the kind of connective tissue across deserts. Like, is there one? And like, what is like, what is that thing? And, and maybe too, you could, you could speak to that in terms of Albuquerque and maybe Neville in terms of the work in Saudi and, and that desert there. Yeah. Um, we've had some already really exciting conversations with artists that are from uh, desert regions or have a personal ancestral relationship to the desert, which has been really special uh, to be able to share these experiences. But also, you know, I think what's interesting from that perspective is that you're always seeing a little bit of the, the place that you're from, but also very aware of the contrast. So something, I, every site visit I do, I learn something different or many new things actually. But one thing that we realized is we went up on the tram and at the top of the tram, it's 8,000 feet in elevation. And in Palm Springs, it's below 30 sea level. So even being able to have that reference point, I'm from Albuquerque, which is essentially a mile high at elevation. And as you go up further into the high desert, our high desert you know, goes to 10,000 feet. So even being able to have these reference points of how the topography and how the geography is so different and observing the, you know, the wildlife, the flora fauna, all of that, um, 
it is this interesting experience because every time you see something and you're like, oh, I get it, then you, you learn something else and you're like, no, I'm in this different place. So I think you're kind of oscillating between these sort of um, material memories and then, of course, the experience you're having. And, and uh, I'm excited to be able to work with artists that are also having similar experiences. But then, of course, there are artists that we're in conversation with who are, you know, from a coastal place and Neville being... Island boy <laughs> from an island. Um, I, we've had some interesting conversations too about the desert as a you know is not necessarily just how we think about it in a real literal sense, but also what is the desert when you think of absence or land absence. Um, and so I think dialogues that Neville and I have had about even our own relationship to desert as a concept has been really exciting for me. Neville, <laughs> yes, island boy. Can you tell us about? Well, I did. Um, I did come from. A, tell us about I the did island. come from an island which no one's heard of, um, and actually, actually, island life in a way, you know, people think about people think about the ocean in the same way that I think they think about the, the desert, which is that it's 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 a it's a blank space, which of course it isn't. Um, and if you spend time on it, you you learn to read the surfaces, you learn to read the differences, you learn the sort of meteorology of it, and all of that stuff becomes you know an, an innate part of the experience that 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 you don't get as a visitor and i think i think that's you know i think one of the things that that we hope we do with desert x is really allow people to to explore and see it in a different way and 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 deal address some of these issues and 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 see it at the sort of macro and a micro level and and start to understand those you know the differences of temperature and climate and 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 going back to what we we're talking about landscape generally you know desert X, our idea is it's a very expanded landscape it's not just it's, it's not just an ecological landscape an environmental landscape it's a it's a historical it's a social it's an economic landscape so it's not it's not a limited landscape yes uh, did you just I was just going to say, can you speak a little bit about that same connective tissue with the Saudi Arabian desert? What are what are the similarities there, or perhaps big differences that you're finding? Sure, I mean, I think it's the, 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 there's a really interesting dialogue across cross cultural, cross desert dialogue um, taking place there, and you know, one one of the things that, that's really interesting about about Alula, which is this place in the north uh, east of Saudi Arabia. Um, is that it's it's at the juncture of the spice spice routes and and various other trading routes connecting Mesopotamia and the Levant and 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 the east, and it's a site of continuous habitation for over four thousand years. So it has this, despite being a, a incredibly beautiful and 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 striking desert, it also has this long long ancient history. And one of the things that 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 the experience of of being involved in that has brought to me is coming back to, to, to our desert, to the Coachella desert. You know, we tend to think about it in terms of, of, of very recent history, um, you know, in terms of Palm Springs, um, in terms of those kinds of habitation. But, but one of the interesting things about this, the, the Saudi experiences was coming back and then realizing or fully understanding that, that yes, this, this desert too, has had continual habitation. Um, it's just that, that much of the history and memory of it has been erased. Um, so that's, that, that's been one of the really, really interesting things to come out of it. Um, 
I don't know how much time we have, actually. So, okay, great. We have plenty of time. So you guys get to listen to us. Um, no, I know that the themes of Untitled's uh, talk series this this year have specifically to do with gender equality and the digital age. And I think um, we don't really think about Desert X or necessarily large-scale public artwork in terms of the digital. At least I don't. Um, I'm definitely thinking that Desert X is way more of a, like a pres- you have to be present. It's very much about your body being in the space with these large-scale works. Um, but I guess I'm curious, like, what, how do you guys think about this sort of digital in relation to this very material, experiential work? Yeah, um, I would say maybe if I would have been working on Desert X four years ago, my approach would have been very different. But I think we're living in a very interesting moment of digital technology, which, um, you know, you see all these AI generated images with these beautiful, idyllic deserts and landscapes. And so I think there's uh, an opportunity to kind of engage in, in what it means to you know, I feel like it's the next phase of the sort of romanticism around the desert, which, of course, we saw throughout the 18th, 19th century uh, in the American West and, and into the 20th century. Um, and now I think we're kind of approaching it from this really interesting digital colonization, if you will, of these landscapes that have a tendency to erase the history. However, I do think there's also artists that are doing really engaging and thoughtful work to use this technology to create more accessibility um, around the work. So I'm interested for sure. Um, and I hope that we'll be able to continue to build on the legacy. I think Desert X has already done some really great projects engaging um, with artists working in digital spaces. But um, yeah, I mean, I think certainly open to it from a curatorial lens, but Neville, I don't know if you want to help me out on this. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> you, I think I think you're referring to Nancy Baker Carhill, who, who did an AR VR project in 2019. and. You know, that, that was really interesting because obviously it was a dematerialized um, project. And, and I think it, it spoke to a couple of things that, that, that are important to all of us. Um, one, of, one of them is what we were talking about before, about this, this, this legacy that, of, of tertiary land art, which was generally, you know, white males scarifying the earth's surface and making these grand gestures involving bulldozers and all the rest of it. And... and Obviously, here, here, here we have a, a, a woman who's, which is unusual in tech at that time, um, maybe less so now, um, who's, who's making gestures on a similar scale, albeit in a virtual, virtual condition, um, without having any environmental impact whatsoever. So I think, I think that's, that kind of speaks to a possible evolution of that. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe, can you just speak a little bit about kind of, I know you guys have worked together before, so I'm curious about sort of the collaborative process. What was the show you guys just did together and how do you see working together on this next exhibition? Uh, Yeah, so we co-curated an exhibition titled A Divided Landscape, which opened at the Momentary in 2022. Um, And that project was, uh, was a really... It started from a very different place than how it ended, all to say that um, (laughs) we wanted to do a very ambitious indoor-outdoor exhibition. And because of the development that was happening in Bentonville, Arkansas, which of course is the headquarters of where Walmart um, is based, but also Tyson Foods is is in the region as well. And there's a ton of development and growth that's happening. And so from the time that Neville visited to the time that we actually started working on the exhibition, 
all of the empty open space had been consumed with real estate development. And so that sort of focused the show on the campus um, around the momentary and then inside, of course, the galleries. So we occupied the entire 27,000 square feet of exhibition space and then also commissioned um, four, five outdoor installations, one of which was uh, Matthew Barney's second outdoor sculpture that he's ever made, which was very site-specific and in response to the architecture at the Momentary, which was an adaptive reuse project. Um, it was a former uh, food processing plant, craft cheese processing plant that was renovated into a performing and visual arts space. Um, and a number of the artists that we worked with had also done a project at Desert X. So it was a great opportunity to get to know Neville as a curator, but also to be able to have a dialogue with some of these artists that had already realized these really ambitious projects in the Coachella Valley. Um, I don't know, it was, it was, a, <laughs> it was a great show. And I, I will say uh, it was particularly challenging because we were also trying to bring historic works from the permanent collection of Crystal Bridges into this space um, and in, in dialogue with these contemporary installations. And uh, Neville, maybe you can talk a little bit about the vitrines because that was one of my favorite challenges <laughs> to work yeah. on with you. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it, one of the starting points was this piece by Matthew, um, which was a, a sculpture that came out of the Redoubt film, and it was called Yellow Boy, and it's it, it's it's really about um, you know the the the, the east how, how the how the landscape and particularly the landscape of the West has been transformed by the easel, and um, the tripod and the gun. And so we were, we were looking at easel paintings of the region and, and particularly in the momentary collection. And, you know, thinking about how this, this, this sort of settler mythology had been preserved and, and conserved in these works. And one, one of the beautiful things was, was that it became really difficult to actually move these paintings out of the, out of the museum into the momentary, into a temporary space. So they had to come, we had to build these vitrines that literally um, conserved the works and put them into this sort of climate controlled condition and really reflected the way that, you know, it, they, you could literally see how, um, how history was being put into a box, uh, sort of deified and preserved. And then, and then because of that, you'd see other works, these contemporary works reflected in the, in the perspex of the vitrines, which became a really interesting sort of palimpsest of old and new. Yeah, my favorite reflection was we had a, a work by Nicholas Galanin, who, of course, did the very iconic Desert X um, piece, Indian Land, uh, and uh, Never Forget was the title of the work, but it was a large sculpture uh, at the scale of the Hollywood sign that said Indian Land in the Coachella Valley. And one of the works that we had by Nicholas was a polar bear. It was a taxidermy polar bear that he had taken that was shot by a, a white sport hunter in 1960s. And uh, this polar bear, we placed it in front of <laughs> this 19th century painting that was a scene of two hunters and a bear attacking one of the hunters. And of course, you, as the viewer, you know how the story is going to end, which is that the bear is going to ultimately be shot. And this sort of tension that is happening within that work, but then also to have Nicholas's work be superimposed as a reflection because of the vitrine. So within the gallery space, you, we somewhat accidentally and then very intentionally placed a lot of these works made by indigenous artists in front of these, um, you know, historic works, which created a really 
exciting opportunity. And, and for me, I am very much a contemporary curator and have not worked with a lot of historic paintings before. And I was, and I felt a little strange actually having those works in the galleries because of course, you know, they represent these really problematic histories and for many indigenous people um, are unwelcome in dialogue with their work. And that was something that uh, Neville and I had, you know, many conversations about and, and were able to navigate through that tension. But also I think the artists we were working with were incredible. We were working with Nicholas Galanin and Brian Youngin, Zyveria Simmons, Kara Walker, Lucy Raven, Matthew Barney. Who am I forgetting? Anyone? Oh, Andrea Carlson, of course. So it was a really incredible group of artists, uh, primarily black and indigenous. And, um, and, and like I said, a few of them had already done projects at Desert X. And so I got to know Neville, not just as a co-curator, but also through the artists who had worked with him and had such an incredible experience at Desert X. And do you have something in particular that in part of this collaboration that you're attempting to figure out? Is there a problem you're trying to solve for Desert X, the next one? or something you're pointing towards? <laughs> um, well, I think for me, it's actually, it's really exciting to be coming in at the fifth edition because there have already been so many incredible projects. Um, and so for me, there's not necessarily perhaps the pressure that may have existed in the first or second edition to, to sort of unravel this, you know, and untangle these complicated narratives. And really, it's it's kind of a wide open platform to bring artists into dialogue uh, with the landscape and to be able to really see how artists are responding to the region, how they're responding to this current contemporary moment. I think, you know, as curators, you can come in with an idea or a theme, perhaps. But when you're doing these large scale site specific works, so much of what it ends up becoming is really a direct response um, from the artists with their experience in the region. So I, I, I think we're hesitant and, and we're sort of hesitant even with a divided landscape, though that was a thematic group show, uh, to come in with really strong ideas around themes. But really for me, as I keep telling all the artists that I'm inviting and we're inviting to come out, um, we really just want to see what they think and, and, and what is really coming to the surface for them and what conversations, you know, they feel need to be had or, you know, continued. Of course, there's just been so many, like I said, incredible projects at Desert X. And so, um, I mean, I'm just really excited to continue to build upon the legacy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, it's really exciting. And, and I think that, I think all, the, all of the shows are, are a prism really and, 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 and uh, through which are refracted these different views. And we were talking about how um, Desert X has evolved. And, and in a way, you know, it's been, it's been nearly 10 years. The, the world has changed so much in that time. Um, you know, we've been through Me Too, Black Lives Matter. Um, it, it's just, and, 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 and climate consciousness, all, all these things have, have really, um, you know, start, started to, to shape the conversations that we're having in, in, in really important ways. And even going back to AI and thinking about Sam Altman now being back at the helm of um, OpenAI and those kinds of uh, different controls that are being imposed on it. You know, it's a changing world and we hope to affect that. I should also say, um, just as a shout out to Desert X, I think one thing that, well, there are many things that Desert X has that really sets it apart 
um, from other organizations and biennials, but there is a really committed, devoted group of volunteers and team members that have helped me and Neville as well create a, a really full experience when they come and do site visits. So it's not that they're just coming and spending the entire time with the curators and, you know, they're actually getting to meet community members, hear the stories. Um, we have all of these incredible experiences that we offer. One is a, a black architecture tour where, you know, artists ride around in a minivan with an incredible tour guide who's from the region who tells the history from his perspective um, as a black man growing up in Palm Springs and the history around how, um, you know, Palm Springs and the city has been redivided and subdivided to exclude and, uh, and oppress people of color. Um, and, you know, I, I did that tour with an artist and, and I remember Jenny and Neville said, you have to do this tour. It's so incredible. And, and I went in and I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. And to, and to be also able to offer that experience to artists in a really open-ended forum, you know, without any expectations. We're not asking you to respond directly to this, but we're just inviting you to hear from somebody who has an interesting perspective. And, and we have, you know, a few other opportunities like that that are offered to artists, but it really makes the site visits feel full and deeply and deeply engaged in the community, which I think, you know, often by ideals, we get in trouble for that, <laughs> is that, you know, how does this relate to the place? How does this reflect the local community? And I think Desert X has really done a lot to, um, to be in the conversation in, in a really unique and dynamic way. Thank you for that. Um, do we do questions? Do, I mean, that could be nice, right? Do people want to ask anything? Yes, we do. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. I, uh, I've never been accused of being overly esoteric, so I have a technical question for you. And that is, uh, I'm wondering how, your hand, how you handle um, things like the storm that occurred, I think, in 21 and uh, took out Jenny uh, Jane Holzer's exhibit. And uh, I, I mean, that that's bad. <laughs> and, and I just wondered, you know, do you, do you guys insure these things or is it the, you know, just hope for good weather or how's that handled? <laughs> I, I, I think we just hope for the best. <laughs> Um, no, the, the, the fact that weather is 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 a is 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 part of the is part of the process is is I mean it's literally part of the process. So so in many works it 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 not only provides the sort of backdrop, but actually changes them and transforms them over time. And I think I think that's one of the interesting things that 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 more and more artists are interesting exploring is is collaborating with the elements in this way and. And you know, obviously, th there's a history of, of land art from Robert Smithson, where, where who's interested in entropy and 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 how things, the cre creative process of degradation, if you want. Well, I think you know, we, we, we have that. We're up against that often. We had we had enormous floods, I think, in the year that you're talking about. Um, but these are part of part of life, and, and they're certainly part of a uh, climate change. Well, and they're also sort of generative. I mean, we're watching a bunch of this images from previous Desert X go by, but I remember the surge Atuque Cloti, the yellow cubes that you saw at the end, um, the, the pathway between the cubes had, all the grass had sprouted up 
between the sort of plastic tiles. And so it was this very beautiful, like retaking the nature, kind of retaking the piece and or collaborating on the piece in this really beautiful way. Um, and of course, Eduardo Sarabia's um, labyrinth of sorts was like, you know, half destroyed, but became so much more beautiful as it was weathered. So we just actually found one of those straw fibers. So we were visiting the site last month and we were walking through and we kicked a piece of that sculpture, which was, it was so beautiful to see. And actually one of Serge's tiles we found when we were visiting the, um, his site as well. So, but we leave no trace. We leave no trace, <laughs> but <laughs> a subtle trace. Maybe a few traces. <laughs> we, yes, please. Hi. Um, wonderful program. I'm curious about your name, Desert X, and how did you come to the X in Desert X? That was our founder, Susan Davis, who's sitting in the front row. Um, we were going to call it the Desert Exhibition of Art, which would have been so boring. And Desert Exhibition became Desert X. Is that right? Do you want to add anything to that? She doesn't like to speak in front of crowds. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> this has been excellent. Um, <clears throat> I went to the first Desert X in 2017 and um, absolutely loved it. When I, when I lived in California, I've been trying to get back ever since. So I'm thrilled to be here. Um, what is the, how many sort of submissions do you get and how do you weed through them? I mean, what is the most important criteria that you're looking for in terms of making your selections? I mean, it, it's, it's a pretty organic process. Um, and I think, I think actually more, more, the most important thing is just immersion. It, it's, it's what, it's what Caitlin was saying earlier. It's, 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 it's really about how how long and how deep an investment your artists are willing to make in in the place um and i think i think the success and the failure of the project is a is a direct there's a direct correlation between success and the amount of time spent out there so uh, that's a way of avoiding answering your question directly but but um it does it it, it it that's certainly a big part of it Kaylin, maybe you want to. Uh... Yeah, I think, um, well, for me, I think coming from a curatorial background that's really embedded in site specificity, um, it, yes, it is really important that the proposals and the artists are able to really thoughtfully engage in the region and the place itself. Um, and I think the more I go out there and the more time I spend, the more I realize how important that actually is because you do approach it differently. I mean, one thing, when you see these photographs that we're looking at, I mean, they're gorgeous, but when you stand out there, the wind can be incredibly extreme out there. And the way in which these sculptures are shaped by the landscape, specifically the works that are using natural materials, you know, when you see, I, I, for the last edition, I went twice and um, it was a month apart and I saw Lauren Bond's work, which of course, the whole piece was about, you know, transforming the material, transforming the water. And so I, I think, you know, to be an artist and to have a, a really successful proposal, it is important to be able to understand the real environmental elements. And of course, the climate change that you know, we're experiencing and it is definitely present currently in the Coachella Valley, so. Thank you, are there any other questions? Okay, 
Well, if there are no other questions, I think we're probably good to wrap up. Thank you all so much for your attention and for coming. Um, hope you'll come to Desert X in March of 2025. Um, and if you find yourself in Saudi Arabia in, in February of 2024. Thank you.